Welcome back to the Act 2 podcast, a podcast for the real-life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I'm Josh Hallman. And before we get into our awesome interview today, I just wanted to remind you to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of our awesome topics that are coming up in this year. We're going to talk about outlining. Do you do it? Do you not do it? How do you do it effectively? We'll talk about the rewrite process, notes. What is it like to be in a notes meeting with studios and producers? How do you take notes? How do you address them once you actually get to the page, which is one of the hardest parts of our job? Um, one of my favorite topics, we're going to talk about mythology. So if you're a world builder, we're going to talk about some really great tips, tricks for how to build your world and also the realities that we face as world builders out in the industry and what that that looks like. <laughs> Our pitch series will, of course, continue where we're going to break down the best way to pitch and give you examples of pitching. We're going to be talking to a WGA captain who's actually going to come in and talk to us about the WGA and why it's so important. We're going to keep doing our breakdown series. So a lot of awesome stuff is coming up. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. We have a great day today, Tasha. I think so. We have a special guest. B-Rock doesn't look super excited about it, but... <laughs> this is our, our best guest we've ever had until our next one and since our last one. It's Brock. Hi. Do you want to introduce yourself, Brock? I'm Brock. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm Brock Newell. Um, I'm in a writer's group with Josh and Tasha. Um, I don't know. How do you introduce yourself? That was it. I was was actually wondering, how the hell did you get into a writer's group? Like, how did that happen? I I, I met you at your birthday party. At 82. At 82. And... Wait, you met who? All of us at 82? I, I feel like you were there, and I feel like Dave was there. They definitely would have been there. If I if I wasn't invited to this, <laughs> I would be really upset. <laughs> Aside from us being in the world's best writers group, you uh, have won. You won a competition, the Screencraft competition. Was there a specific category, by the way? No. So they they have like a, a handful of competitions, like for action or comedy or whatever, and then they have an annual fellowship. It's called. And it's sort of like a any genre, feature, TV, you know, just sort of like just for content creation. Uh, and they get that's like their biggest one every year. And uh, they usually take three winners um, and they curate like a week long fellowship where you get to go to like all the studios and meet a bunch of executives. And they kind of give you like a, a tour with um, a Hollywood water bottle tour, you know, yeah. like for the to like kind of break you in. So B-Rock won the 2018 ScreenCraft Fellowship, which we actually had a ScreenCraft competition winner on a couple episodes ago, and she talked about winning like a genre category. But that's to clarify, it's not what you did. You did a ScreenCraft Fellowship, which is a whole other process, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's actually take a step back back. And can you talk about a little bit about where you're from? Like, did you go to film school? Did you always know you wanted to be a screenwriter? Um, when you came out here also, like what were the steps you took to try to get into the industry? Let's go go back to early B-Rock. Before you get into early B-Rock, can we also just note that 
your name has morphed from Brock to B Rock, and that is how you will be addressed <laughs> moving forward. That's how the interview will be. <laughs> in, in the emails, it's always like a lowercase b capital R. I like how you guys shifted that as well. Um, and I and I also can't believe I just I, right after I said it, I was like, holy shit! I think that was the first time I've ever said B Rock. I like I even referred to myself just like a minute ago. I'm like, that's how the first great. time I've ever actually Did said my name in a different way. It sounds amazing. So old, old Brock or young Brock, I should say, um, when I was like eight years old, seven years old, my parents had me like learning piano. Um, and so one of the first things I remember getting was from my aunt, uh, she gave me a star Wars vinyl with the, the John Williams soundtrack. And I popped it in my dad's record player. And I remember because I like loved star Wars at the time. And I would just like listen to the soundtrack on vinyl. And I tried to like learn some of the, the songs on piano. And at an early age, I was like, I want to write music for movies. And I always wanted to do some kind of creation. And then when I was 12, uh, I got a guitar and joined a metal band. Uh, <laughs> the worst metal, it was Lint with a Y, L-Y-N-T, our friend's mom named us. Um, and so we were a metal band. We played for like, I don't know, seven years. Um, and the, you know, when you're, 15 years old, we're like, oh, we're not going to go to college. We're going to move to LA and be rock stars, you know? And so from an early age, I wanted to do music and movies. And then like in my teen years, I wanted to go to LA and, you know, be a rock star and, and live the LA life. Uh, and then when I got to college, uh, the, I was originally a business major. And I was sitting in like a finance class and I realized that the finance professor was kind of a joke and I didn't really want to do anything with finance, you know? So I switched to creative writing um, because also, you know, throughout my younger years of like, like creating and music and all that kind of stuff, I also like to write stories and like poetry and stuff like that and like little poems and lyrics and what have you. And it just kind of came together where I was like always thinking of LA creation, movies, and then stories. And I just was like, screw it. I'm going to be a writer. Why not? You know? And uh, I was like, that was like 19 or 20 when I switched. And uh, I got an internship at a Management 360. Uh, and 10 days after I graduated college, I uh, packed up the car, drove out with my pops. Um, and my mom flew to meet us there. And I haven't looked back. Wow. <laughs> and that was it, like 11 years ago now. And I, I'm sorry, what school did you go to? University of Illinois, Champaign. Illinois. And so then they had resources for you to get the internship with uh, 360. So I actually got that through a friend. Uh, a family friend. Um, they oh, okay. got me a connection that got me an interview, and then that's how I got it. It wasn't through this, like I, I wasn't directly through my school. I see. Okay. But for the most part, I was I was actually a rhetoric major, a creative writing major. So it wasn't specifically screenwriting, but I figured I'd rather learn like the heart of storytelling, and then I can learn like the the screenwriting craft. And so uh, when I came out here. I just like when I was at 360, I read like not joking a script a day. The first three script, the first day they gave me three scripts on my, my, my first day there. And this was in like summer of 08, I want to say. And uh, the first one was the fighter with Brad Pitt when he was attached, um, which obviously didn't go through. The second was the hangover. And then the third was before anyone was attached. And then the third was this horrible, horrible piece of shit. Uh, and it was fascinating to read all three of those because you got to see like the prestigious, prestigious stuff. You got to see like some of the stuff that was like the talk of the town, like the hangover script. Everyone was saying it was like really funny. And I remember laughing out loud 
like the funniest part when I was reading it was the tiger in the bathroom when I first got to that. It was just out of so out of nowhere, you know. The script I thought was funnier than the movie. Um, and then the third thing was this awful abomination, and it was great to see what like didn't work. And so when I was there at 360, I was reading, and anytime someone needed coverage, like I wanted to do the coverage because it was awesome, like to kind of as I was like studying on the side, like how to like learn how, like how to write screenplays. I was reading so many screenplays, what works, what doesn't work, what's good, what's getting hot, what's what people are kind of shitting on, but getting made anyways, you know, and like learning how to analyze screenplays and, and write coverage. I, I did a ton of that. And, and that yeah. was incredibly, incredibly helpful right when I moved out here. Yeah, I feel like that's probably the most important thing you could do. Well, it's one of the most important things you could do when you first move out and you, you just you just need to read screenplays. Like that's perfect. Yeah. That's actually like, so when I was sitting there, uh, one of the partners at 360, we would have like lunches and stuff and we would, it was kind of cool because they were very engaging with us. And uh, one of the partners was asking me um, on the side, like, what are your goals? You know, like, and I was like, oh, I want to be a writer. I was thinking maybe going to like grad school or something, like maybe apply somewhere. And he's like, don't even bother. This is, the, this is as good of experience as you could get from any grad school. You can learn how to write a script, but like this right here, you're in the hive of it. And he goes, just read scripts, man. Read, read the good oh. ones, read the bad ones, read them all. Yep. That's my advice as well. Having been to grad school and it being basically a waste of time. <laughs> well, you can make good contacts. I've heard like, it's, it's like when you go to like one of the prestigious ones, you know, like you can get, it, it's more about the building a network. Yeah, but you're also paying forty thousand dollars or whatever it is to build yeah. a network, and that, you that's did it. True. <laughs> so, yeah, there. It's true. definitely a way to go. Um, but I agree with whoever told you that for sure. Yeah, that sounds like a really great self education. So you have your internship at Management Three Hundred and Sixty. When in your career did we meet you at that fateful night at eighty two birthday party that we were all there for? I, you know, here's the problem, right? So I've been out in LA like 11-ish years, 12, 11, 12 years, but I still feel like I'm 25 years old and I've only been here three years. So it's very hard for me to figure out, like, <laughs> I feel like, shit, this is, it might've been, seven, it might actually have been seven or eight years ago. Wow. When was that your seems... birthday at 82? That's probably the better, that's the better. Question. I have my birthday at 82 every year. That's not going to be a good marker. Oh, that's not a good question then. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is a little crazy though. Time flies in Los Angeles. Well, there's no season, so you don't get like the passage of time. It's just like yeah. one season and it's like this is one I've been in the same 9 year, 11, 12 year season. It's just summer all the time. <laughs> it's amazing. I think I remember meeting you when I was also developing something with Jeff who worked at a company that had a deal with Warner Brothers at the time. And I yes. think at the time I was developing something with Jeff, you were also developing something with Jeff. Yes. So whenever that was, that period of time in your life, that's around when we met. <laughs> let's say 2014. Let's just, <laughs> let's just call it 2014. So you already had a manager. Which, yes. How did you get that manager? So I uh, met him through 360. Um, and he was uh, formerly at CAA and then he had moved to Gotham Group. I had written this action script that uh, through my network, I was able to get to this Rick Nasita. He was a, 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 a Tom Cruise's agent for a while. And then he went to, I want to say Morgan Creek Productions or something. And he read this script and was like, hey, you're really good. And I was like 23 or 24. 
And uh, he set me up with a manager um, and who I was like working with. And I, my follow-up script with that was um, this comedy script. And I was like really happy with it. And like the, the script that the guy had originally um, read was like an actioner, you know, like a, like a very gritty James Bond kind of movie. And they're like, oh, I don't really want to do comedy. This isn't my cup of tea. And so I'd been telling a friend about it who had just been at Gotham Group. And then when he kind of heard like the, the background of like who else had read the script and said I was a, a decent writer, um, he was like, oh, I'm, that's, 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 that sucks that she didn't like, but let me read it, you know? And so he read it and was like, dude, this is, this is awesome. Let me, uh, let me rep you. And so I, I was with him, but not very long because about four months or five months into uh, me being uh, his client, he decided to leave the industry for a creative advertising job. Mm-hmm. Magically through my lack of networking, I somehow had enough of a network to like land a uh, manager and I was moving forward and, and Gotham was, is a good company. So I felt like, you know, I was on the up and up. And then you get that news where he's like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm, I'm, we're doing creative advertising now. I'm, I'm going to be a producer of like, you know, branded content. And I was like, okay. And so it was kind of like a, a, a punch in the gut moment, to be honest with you, where I felt like I had been making progress and I felt like I'd done the right things. And that became a, uh, like a, there was a, a two year thing where I had been working on some stuff and, uh, a little bit of a soul searching thing. Cause I always wanted to do like my, the first thing I had wrote uh, written that was like, got me any recognition by someone who, you know, makes movies was this big budget action movie. It was like a hundred million dollar thing. And I always wanted to do like big, cool movies, you know, and that's what I was developing at Warner brothers, like, like big idea stuff. And none of it was going anywhere. And so I got, uh, I I'm fortunate to be friends with this fantastic writer named James Coyne. And he is, he, he's, a, he's a buddy of mine and he's one of those guys that, and, and for all the writers out there, like if you can get a friend who's a vet, you know, and, and have some kind of like mentorship relationship in addition to your friendship, I, I, I think that's, it's, it's an important thing. And James is one of those guys that, um, you know, he'd listen to me shoot the shit sometimes. And we got coffee and I was telling him, you know, what was going on. And he had read my stuff and give me notes. And he's like, look, you're a good writer. It's just like, here's the problem. Like Steven Spielberg isn't getting a Brock Newell script and be like, Oh, Brock Newell wrote this. Like, yeah, let's, let's do it. You know? And, and Steven Spielberg is just about the only person who can just pick up a $150 million movie and get it made. You know, it's like, you got to get something to your name, some kind of credit to your name that's smaller that you might, it might not be the, the dream thing you want, but you got to have something makeable. Um, that's, that's easy because it's so hard to get something made in this industry. And like, I know you want to do that, but you gotta, the, the big stuff, but you gotta write something makeable. And so I just, at the, at the time was dealing with this like bad relationship and stuff. And, and I, for whatever reason was in this like horror movie mindset. And I came up with this idea that like, what if, uh, what if there's this guy um, who brought his new girlfriend on a camping trip with all his best friends, not knowing she's a cannibal. And the whole thing's like an allegory for modern dating. You know, I could date someone not knowing they're a monster. And I was thinking to myself, like, it's in the woods, six kids. It's a makeable idea. The logistics won't be that difficult. Have a cool twist ending. And uh, I, it just kind of came together. And uh, so I was working on that, put it out. I think I had the first draft in like maybe three months, four months, refined it for 
uh, a little bit, and then that was actually what I submitted to the ScreenCraft Fellowship. And so that's what I, that's how I won the fellowship was they, they read that script. They narrowed it down to the top 15 or 20 or whatever it was. And then I did an interview and then I was the, one of the three finalists selected on that script. That well, James let's told me talk that, about, let's, let's go a little earlier though. Why, why did you even apply to screen, ScreenCraft? Cause your career, you were developing things, you had a manager, but you were in a space where you no longer had one, but you had this, these, these contacts. What made you feel like ScreenCraft Fellowship was the thing to do? I was having a difficult time, like getting reps. And so I was like, I kind of, it wasn't even in my head completely finished <laughs> when I submitted it. Um, but I just like, I saw the, I, I was on some like tracking board thing or something or other. And I saw an advertisement for it and, and I read the advertisement online and it was like the, the year before me, there was this writer, Anna Klassen, who won with the JK Rowling biopic and she was on like the blacklist and she had like a pop from it. And so I was like, oh, that looks actually like a, cause there, you see all these competitions, right? And you can never know which one's legit and which ones aren't like, there's 10 million of them. And, and I did a couple of them just for shits and giggles to get feedback. Cause sometimes they'll give you notes. And I was always kind of curious, like, okay, random stranger who's never seen me, you don't know anything. It's just like, look at it objectively, you know, because like, when you give it to the right group, like, y'all know me, you know, I mm -hmm. wanted someone anonymous to just take a look and just give me, you know, like, they probably want to shit on it. You know, that's what they want to do. So can I give someone who wants to shit on something, something enough where they're like, hey, this is all right, you know. And so I submitted to the fellowship kind of on a whim, you know, not really thinking much of it. It's just like I saw the thing with Anna and, and, and the, the success. I thought like, okay, that one actually looks legit. Why not? Why not throw it out there? See what's going on yeah. um, while I was continuing to pursue other avenues, you know? And what was the application process like? Did you have to submit scripts and, and statements of purpose and videos of yourself? And was it expensive? It, I, if I remember right, it was like at 40 or 50 bucks. And it was just, you, 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 you do your, your script. That's it your material. That was the only thing. And then the interview came after you, they do it like, you know, you're a quarter finalist, semi final like you don't pay attention until you're like, Hey, we want to talk to you about the interview. Um, and, and so that like, that's when I started taking it really seriously, but there wasn't, it was really easy. You know, it was just like if you, the entry fee and then you submit your, and you could do extra for like detailed notes or commentary or something like that. But I don't mm -hmm. think I did. And then did you uh, submit to any other festivals or competitions? I, I tried like two or three that like would maybe be okay. Like I remember did, I did an action script and, and uh, <laughs> last bullet, as, as you two remember. Oh, yeah. And, I uh, loved that yeah. script. Yeah. And so I won. I, I have a certificate. Like it's like I won like the Los Angeles International Film Festival screenplay. And then I was like, well, it sounds like so nice. And then you look at it, it's like it's. I don't mean to like shit on competition. I, I put, that wasn't what it was. I don't remember the name of it just in case I get someone yelling at me for <laughs> bashing some festival. But like, like in, in hindsight, I look at it, it's like it was the biggest joke thing of all time. Like, like clearly some of them are bogus, you know, and they look like really good. So you do have to like kind of. Well, what, what ticked you off that it was bogus? When I, when I went to the web, when I kind of won it and then I realized like, oh wait, this is like not. I don't know. They make, they give one out every month or something like that. Like it's like there's like a winner every month. Like I was like the I was like yeah. I was like the March whatever year it was winner of this thing. And I was like, how can you be a festival like a competition every month winner? What I, I don't know. 
I well, like Raven, it's, it's like because it's horror, and and I know it's like a small budget horror, right? It's like a under, it's like a three and a half million dollar movie. Yeah. So I, 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 and I've got other ideas and stuff that I could, but like I was realistic about what I wrote. Like I'm not gonna send Ravenous to the Nichols Fellowship. Just because the Nichols Fellowship is sort of known for being kind of like Sundance, it's a little bit more. Yeah, it's like the Oscar. Yeah. Oscar baby kind of material. Exactly. Are you saying that Ravenous is lowbrow? No, yeah, what's going no, on I'm here? not actually. I think it's it's a, it's a good <laughs> allegory. I like it. We got producers and an awesome director attached. That's going to make an awesome movie that I hope I get to watch. And uh, but it's not like they're not going to be introducing me at the Oscars as like, hey, look at this year's Nichols Fellowship winner who wrote a movie about a cannibal. The uh, won't they with that attitude, B Rock? They won't. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I did I did it's more like here at, at the end of the day the mindset I had that I think you're trying to get to is like what was my mindset when I was like in this application of competition kind of thing and and it really was like I had been out of a manager and I also like I have contacts at 360 I still play on their softball team like I I'm, I'm, I'm involved with them and I never wanted to ask them to read my stuff with just like hey read my stuff I wanted to like have some kind of leverage or semblance or something mm -hmm. to be like, Hey, this happened. And if they want to read it, then I give it to them. Cause I, I'm awkward and I don't ever want to be like, Hey, can you read my stuff? Like I wrote this script, you know, cause I like worked at three, like I know what that's like on the other end. And so like, I, I didn't want to ever do that. Yeah. And, and then outside of them, like I didn't really know anyone else it was like, how is I going to get a rep? You know? So it was, I felt like the competitions in my mind, I was like, what if I actually found one that was good? What if I won it? And then that's how I can maybe get a rep or then I can be talking about that with people and then they say, oh, wow, you want that? Yeah, let me check your stuff out. So that was my mindset was to like find something that I could win. And, and I, 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 I applied to a, a, a few of them. Most of them were bogus, but the ScreenCraft one was, was really good. And it was, it was a great experience, to be honest with you. I'm glad I did it. I, I agree with you on that sentiment of feeling like you need outside validation of someone to say, yeah, B-Rock is a real writer for you to be able to then give it to, to a manager or someone who could potentially, you know, help your career because there exactly. are so many writers in the world, but particularly in Los Angeles that everyone can just call themselves a writer. And so many managers, producers, executives hear that all the time. Like I'm a writer, I'm a writer. And I never felt comfortable calling myself a writer until I was actually getting paid for it. I just kept saying, I, I want to be a writer. <laughs> and I was the same way when I worked at Universal where I didn't give my boss a script until I had done really well on the nickels. And then I was like, so this thing happened. Here's my script. And that I think is the only reason why she read it <laughs> literally because the nickels had said, okay, it passed a certain bar. Yeah. So I agree with you, B-Rock that's and, and using fellowships and, and competitions in that way, I think is a really good method of doing that. Um, do you remember when you applied in 2017 or 2018, I guess, do you know how many people applied to the fellowship that year? Do they tell you that? There was a, there was a few thousand. Probably 20, yeah, 2,500 to 3,000, I think is what they get. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so you win the fellowship. Amazing. How long does it take for them to get back to you? I want to say it was like probably four months from turning it in to the start of it. Something like that. Gotcha. Okay. So you win the fellowship and then what, like you win and then what happens? What do they, what do they give 
to you. Because if you win the competition, as we learned from our previous interview, they helped her get a manager. But the fellowship does a lot more than just that. Yeah, so they there was actually, uh, it was me and two women, and one was from Australia, and the other was from Texas, and had just moved to LA. And uh, so they, they fly out uh, and, and, and keep you at like the Roosevelt Hotel for a week. Um, they give you like a nice hotel room and stuff. But I had, I, I lived here and I was like, don't spend the money. I lived two blocks from the Roosevelt Hotel. I was like, please do not spend this money. I'm, Getting me a hotel room. Yeah. It'll only be trouble. I don't want. I, I don't want. I don't want to have a hotel room there. Why is it going to be trouble, Brock? What do you get into at hotel? I, 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 you know, nothing's going to happen necessarily. <laughs> but like, you just, like, I just, want, like, just leave, leave me. I want to be in my own apartment. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so they uh, they they give us you know meals and everything, and they curate a. I want to say it was like four or five days of in, intensive, like where there was like something. I mean, we were driving all over and. They they had like meetings and and lunches and like wait can I stop you real quick Are you driving together Are you taking these meetings together or individually uh, Some of them uh, together Some of them individually It kind of depends like because like for me the I, I oh. went on the horror but I wanted to do more studio stuff and they had read some of my other material and everything So like there was a couple there's like I had a couple of meetings that was just me um, wait pause on that for a second when you say they read more of your material screencraft read more than just the script that you submitted to them I actually had submitted last bullet as well to that one and they were both down to the the last two oh. and when in my interview uh, the, the guy who works there his name's Pom um, he was like I actually like both those two I didn't know which one to pick so I just went with the horror one because I thought that was you know genre maybe be easier to make you know and so from that, then he was like, if you got any other things, and I would talk to him about my other projects and everything. And and they were very like receptive because like at the end of the day, it's mutually beneficial. Like if they help me succeed, I help them succeed. In in the lead yeah. up to the, the the fellowship, you know, like I remember having like a coffee with Tom where we were just like, what are your aspirations, your ambitions? Like, what do you want? You know, it, what kind of companies do you want to meet with? You know, they were like, if you see any production companies, like fire off some names and ideas and we'll go try and start to curate the meetings for you. It's like, it was super helpful. And, and so uh, they were all about like listening to what my goals were and like figuring out how can we set you up to achieve those goals? Like it was very, like they were very involved and heavily invested. There was a team of them, you know, there was like, like a couple, like John Rhodes is, is, the, is the boss. And then he's got a, a, a staff like Emily and, and Tom. Um, they're awesome people. That's so cool. And then after the five days, because I, they were like, hey, if you, there is anything else, they, they lined me up with another, I don't know, four to six meetings in the month after that. Because I live in LA, I didn't, you know, I'm not far away. So they were just like, hey, you know, here, meet this person, meet this person. And their team is who introduced me then to my new manager. Wow. So in that... So typically it would be for just any Joe Schmo who maybe doesn't live in LA, it would be five days of what you're calling an intensive, which is just a bunch of general meetings that they set you up with. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's at studios, that's at production companies, that's at, is it also at management companies or agencies? Yeah, we met with a few managers, uh, like Circle Confusion, Untitled, um, like, you know, legit companies and stuff. And then... Uh, you know, they've had like three arts and everything as judges and stuff and they, they meet you and and there was everything from like we went to like all the all the lots like we went to Universal, we went to Fox, we went to um, 
Netflix. We went to, you know, like they, they wow. brought you to a lot of different meetings. It was, it was, it was, it was pretty substantive. All right. So I'm going to ask a question that you don't have to answer, but you have to answer. When you went to these meetings, did everyone feel pretty receptive or was there ever a sense where it's like, I'm just doing a favor for the competition? I didn't get that. I, I, I actually think they were very receptive. Cool. To be honest with you. Like I, there was, there was a couple that I met that they, cause they gave me my cards and stuff. And, and I had uh, talked and, and met with them and they were reading other of my materials too. That's awesome. So it was very, they were very receptive. I only ask that because a lot of times, you know, people do favors for friends and it's good that you didn't get that sense. They, I, I got the sense that they were, and, and I think ScreenCraft really worked on this. They really want to curate something that, mm-hmm. that is substantive, right? So they, they I, I feel like the people involved believe in in the fellowship being like a legit opportunity to have like quality material out there um like uh one of the women on my group she's she got a full-time writing gig off of it you know like within like a month or something like that and uh like yeah the year before i mean there's been some success stories with this fellowship and it's like at the end of the day you're looking for an opportunity right Mm -hmm. and and this one does their best to give you an abundance of opportunities. You're going to meet and 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 get the cards of 20 to 30 people. You're uh, you're going to be read. They all read the script. They all talked to me about it, having read it. Stuff. I think That's like great. like maybe one or two one or two didn't read it or they read the first like 10 20 pages of all the things. So like I get you're you're really really busy. I get it. And like I commend that. You know like there was it, it was it was it, that substantive. Like for. Like one of the execs at one of the studios, like read my whole script, you know, and like knew about it. And I was like, wow, I didn't, ex- I kind of going in, you never know what to expect. Right. right. So it's like, it is going to be like, okay, here you go. Like, here's a water bottle. What do you got to say? Okay, cool. Get the fuck out. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like that at all. They were very, they were very receptive. They would listen to pitches on other ideas and stuff. They would talk to you about what they do. They gave us like the download the company and it was cool. Like everywhere from bad, like actually like bad robot was like one of the coolest ones we had, you know, JJ Abrams company. She was like, we were in the office, so, you know. Hang on. The the trinkets and everything. It's, it's, you you it's, don't have to say cool. Bad Robot is J.J. Abrams' company. We know. We know. <laughs> you guys know that's my favorite, you know, that's my favorite company. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, it's like, it was, it was legit. It was, it was really legit. And, and I actually ended up getting frustrated because I remember reading someone tried to blast ScreenCraft and John Rhodes I forget who it was. Some like you I know, remember that screenwriter that has like thirty credits and millions of dollars. You know, it's kind of just shitting on like the idea. And I remember getting mad because like I get like people think like oh there's this like who who does these competitions? You know, blah, they're all bullshit. You know, but I think the times have changed and like we're a much more digitally connected uh, world. And it's it's fucking hard to get read, you know. And these competitions get you an opportunity to be read, and the good ones can get you in the hands of like people that can change your career. And that's what ScreenCraft did. Yeah, it was a cool experience, and and I think it's honestly, I think that's going to be a very normal occurrence from here on out. Not, not necessarily like ScreenCraft, and there's probably going to be a couple other ones. There's multiple reasons for this. Uh, one, everyone's always looking for good content. And for the people on the like that are applying to these things, that's what you want. You just want the opportunity, you know. No one at, at, at any major agency is going to read some asshole script off the street. You know, you're either going to have to have some great personal connection in your network, or you're going to have to have uh, someone 
submit it, right? But no one's just going to grab your fucking script and read it. No one wants to read your script. That's the thing everyone should know. In Hollywood, no one wants to read your fucking script. So you've <laughs> got to find a way to get them to read the script, okay? And 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 this, hard truth from B Rock right now. It's a hard truth from B Rock, but it's true. I hate that I'm now saying B Rock. By the way, what the so fuck much. is wrong with me? I hate you guys. I love you. <laughs> but, well, that's actually a big question I have. B Rock is how do you feel like the fellowship has affected your career? Like it gave me confidence for sure. Like it gave me double. And I didn't. Not that like every writer needs validation. But after having been close, like, oh, I got the manager, got, you know, like, I was probably actually kind of glad how life played out because had I made it successful right off the bat at 24, 25 years old on my third, fourth script that I'd written, uh, had, had that sold and gotten made and other stuff, I might have had a quick year or two years, uh, but I would have crashed and fucking burned, you know? And so it was better to crash and burn and like have nobody and, and have that period before tasting success because it really humbles you uh, and it really forces you to learn in a way that you probably wouldn't have had you had success because your ego would be the fucking Hindenburg and we all know what happened to that. And so like, I'm really glad how it kind of played out. And I think the, the, the fellowship, what it did for me was sort of a turning point where it was like, I came out here to make it, I came out here to write good stuff. This was a, a, a time where strangers who don't want to read anything read something and determined out of 2,000 or 3,000 scripts, like this is one of the top three fucking scripts. And it's like, I knew I could write something like that. I knew I could do that. I believed in myself and then they believed in me. And, and, and not only did they believe in me to like give me this fellowship, but then they believed in me to cheer me on and be like, look, we think you're great. Like we're gonna set up all these meetings for you. We're putting our reputation on the line, getting you this access with these people because we believe in you. They're not like paying these people off to just like do stuff and say, here, go fucking talk to some people. Like they actually believe in you and they're trying to get you and invest in you. And so when I see people investing in me, I'm like, fuck, I got to do so. I got to, I got to, I got to make it up for them now. You know? So like, honestly, part of why I want to be successful is just so I can be like, dude, John Rhodes, thanks for starting the fellowship, man. You believed in this idea. You got people made, you know, and you're just like a hardworking dude. And like, I'm glad that you can use me as a success story uh, because you invested in me when no one else was fucking investing in me, you know, and, and that was cool. Well, I, I think to kind of r wrap up a little bit, even though I feel like you're just getting fired up, <laughs> um, yeah. but I'm curious of what advice you would give to people who are considering applying to the fellowship, but might be nervous for whatever reason. And I think some of the nerves that, that I see around writers when they're contemplating applying is, you know, financial reasons, nerves about actually being suddenly thrust into these opportunities. That's really scary, particularly when you have no experience with it. Like you had some previous experience, at least. Um, there's nerves about applying to things because they have to show people their work. And there's also a, an ego thing involved where like, I don't need a competition to do, you know, to go get my manager. I need to do it the old fashioned way. So with all of these kind of things that are swirling around in people's minds that are preventing them from applying to these things, what advice would you have to them about applying to something like this fellowship? Well, the first uh, bit of advice is it's 2020. If someone's saying, I want to do it the old fashioned way, you're going to fucking die. Like to, to get to get out of that mindset. That, that That's not going to help you. I think in terms of, but there's something valid, like with like the nervous and stuff like that. There, there's a couple different ways that nervousness could come from. Maybe part of the nervous is, do you actually believe in your material? 
Like, do you believe it's good? Is, is your nerves coming from, maybe this isn't my best? And in which case I would say, submit it when you're happy with the material, uh, submit it when you're confident in the material and submit it when you're confident in yourself. Um, and if you don't think you're ready, ask yourself why and figure that stuff out. Like, I feel like that is, that's going to reflect in your material. You know, like, I think you gotta, at some point, like, even if you're a nervous person, even if you're like, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing, you still got to believe in what you're doing. And I think if that's probably the, the number one thing any writer should have is like confidence in the story. Like, yeah, you might not be confident that it's going to sell or get made or whatever, but you should at least believe what you're writing is, is to the best of your ability, you know, uh, I would hope. And so if, if you're nervous for, I don't know, like for something other than that, like I'd say, what the fuck do you have to lose? 50 bucks? Like if, if you're really like struggling financially, then no, don't do it. Cause it's a, it's a very low percentage win. But if you, if you can afford it and, and you believe in what you're doing, I would say, look, go, go look in and, and find those competitions. And here's the best way. And here's why I, I did the Screencraft one. There's other ones that you, well, you look at the, the past winners, the testimonials and stuff, and you look and you find someone that's done something and, and won one of these that actually found success from it. Like I found that with ScreenCraft, they had a, a good track record. Um, and so that made me believe in, in the idea of it. And so I just did it. So I think like, I think what, what, what to be nervous about, you had nothing to be nervous about. At the end of the day, you know, you can get some commentary on it and you can get some kind of feedback and, and, and a little bit of a, a moment where you can be honest with yourself. And so coming from this competition or from the fellowship, you have uh, representation, you have a producer and director now attached to your script. You're also developing your own stuff. You're taking it out to all these companies I know, um, like big, big studios and whatnot. You're actively developing and getting stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a couple projects with producers attached on them. Uh, like a couple at some pretty big companies that hopefully we get, hopefully we get, hopefully one hits, man. <laughs> hopefully one hits. But yeah, it's, it, it they, it, it was definitely, you know, a, a, a help. It got, you know, the Ravenous has producers that signed on to it. And one of the things they were to say is like, hey, you won the fellowship with this thing. You know, like it was just like one of those little things that they were able to talk, which, you know, it's a grain of salt, but it's better than nothing. I actually think that's a good point, B-Rock, because when managers are pitching their writers or agents are pitching their writers, uh, they they like to be able to tell, just like we like to be able to tell someone before we they read our material, like, hey, I just won this competition. Like, I'm legit. That's also how managers and agents pitch their clients, right? It's like, yeah. They're legit because even though even though B Rock does not have any produced credits yet, he won this screencraft competition, which puts him clearly above twenty five hundred other people who are massively applying. Like this guy's legit. Read his stuff. So I think even that is is just this, this trophy that your reps can now use to further your career. Besides just you, it's not not you just having to hold up this trophy. They're also advocating for you off of the heels of this competition win. Well, yeah, and that's that that's that's like the the how you get launched. You don't launch yourself; people launch you. You know, and so like your your rep is the guy that's out there. And what ScreenCraft does with this fellowship is they acted like reps essentially. You know, they were a full functioning team of, for all intents and purposes, representatives. You know, who are out there saying, "Hey, this guy wrote this really good thing. We're gonna put our name on it." And then that got me the manager, who then was like, "Hey, he won the thing. He's met with so and so." You know, uh, my managers even contacted some of those people that I had met with and we've submitted multiple things to some of these, like some big, and we got reads, you know, at the end of the day, we got more 
we through these people they read they read more of my material afterwards like at the end of the day i've won the fellowship with the script i got producers and a director attached and i have a manager and uh before that i had nothing you know and so that was a good experience for me um yeah. i can't say the same for everybody else well that's awesome i think that's extremely helpful to hear um i know a lot of people are trying to look for their their first opportunity and their first way to access these people that are just impossible to get to without having a gatekeeper on your side. And I think you can self-advocate by getting, getting one of these fellowships or a competition and it's hard work. Obviously you had to beat out a lot of people. You had to be really good to do it, but it sounds like it was very much worth it. Yeah. In the end, you know, just cause in, on like my eighth script I ever, you know, like eighth or ninth, tenth, I don't know how many scripts I've read before ravenous, but like, yeah, you just got to, don't don't write one script and be like I'm gonna win this. Like maybe you could, maybe I'm not gonna say don't do it, but set realistic expectations. All right. Do you guys have like a a, a theme song and stuff? You do, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm insulted that you never listened to the podcast. It's it's great that all of our friends have not listened. I don't listen to any podcast. I don't. It's no, don't be. I don't listen to any podcast. We hope you listen to this one. <laughs> all right, we're done. Tasha, take us out with the quote of the day. Our quote of the day, you have to do the research. If you don't know about something, then you ask the right people who do. Spike Lee. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And as always, the Act 2 podcast is a production of Act 2, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414 Beg, which you can find on Spotify. Spotify.